on the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, g'day everyone. Uh, it's great to be back on the clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here as we talk all things golf right around Australia. Summer's here. Golf is heating up and the uh, well, the pros are back at it. Mark Allen is here. Hey, Marco. G'day, Jules. You're a little bit crook under the weather. I've seen you I have been most of the week. week but, yeah. uh, it's good to have you in here, mate. You've fought through it. Oh, well, not really, but You're I'm happy to trooper, be back. Mate. You're I, a trooper. I enjoy talking about the golf. I enjoy talking about people like Minji Lee. Yes. Brett Collette we're going to have a word about as well. Um, young Justin Thomas, who won, oh, mate, didn't he play well? Sixty-four in the last round. Can we just that kid there? He's one hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah. He hits the ball. I reckon. Yeah, you know, they always talk pound for pound in boxing. Yeah. I reckon he probably could be an equivalent to pound for pound in golf. Yep. I reckon he'd be pound for pound. Would be the longest, most powerful player out there. Mm. But he's got a short game to match. All of a sudden, when he yep. puts well. He's hard to stop. His touch around the greens now is phenomenal. Yeah, it's, that's right. It's good. For it's a long time, he was known as Jordan Spieth's mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, you start winning, you know, big tournaments. And this tournament in Malaysia is a massive, you know, it's a very big part of the U.S. tour now. When you start winning tournaments like that, mm. two in a row, defending That's defending right. championships, something yep. I know nothing about. But when you defend, <laughs> <Hang on. laughs> when you actually win a tournament, when you win a tournament and then defend the next year, I mean, you, you come in as the defender, you know, there's a bit of... Here he is again. Here's Mr. Thomas. He's back. He's ready to go. Yep. Um, to added, actually shoot 64 in the last round, yeah. pull away. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. All that added pressure, all the extra media you've got to do, all the uh, the corporates who want a piece of you as the mm. defending champion. He's come in. That's all on his shoulders. Yeah. Too easy. I like the way I look. I like the way he plays. I like I like his aggression, mm. and it's like he is the perfect example of your modern professional golfer. That's right. Just peel it off. 400 every chance you get. <laughs> Hit it 400 yards every chance you get. Don't worry about anything. Just go down and find it. Yep. And whether it's on the fairway or in the rough, it doesn't matter. Get your lob wedge out and hit it close. Yep. And then hold that 10-footer. That's and he game. just keeps on doing it. I think, what was this winning score in the end? I mean, I haven't got it in front of me. It was like 24 under. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. A, I mean, but he was at 15, 16 under in his second round. Hmm. Second, third round. Yeah. Like he was just dominating. And just, just the prototype, too, of the... Of the of the modern player, you know, it goes a driver, it goes then to a 15 degree three wood. Yeah. Then he's got his hybrid in there at 17 degree. Oh no, he's two iron. Yeah. Which is kind of like a a pros hybrid these days. It's the big thick two iron uh, that they carry, and then straight down to a four iron. Yeah. I mean, the new three iron is a four iron. It used to be the new two iron was a three iron. <laughs> Mate, if we ever get to the day where the new two iron is a five iron, <laughs> then I, Look be, out. I don't know what game I'm watching I'm anymore. I'm not sure where we'll be at. I don't know what game I will be watching. You imagine, when, you know, you go back 100 years, so 1916. Yeah. I don't think there was a limit on clubs in the bag. Uh-huh. And then they put 14 clubs in the bag there somewhere along the way. God knows when. Um, I reckon that's going to have to change too. Because yeah. it's just, you know, clubs clubs and technology and track man. You know the first thing pros are doing these days, basically, when they get a new set of clubs? One... They loft and lie them, and they get their normal specs put in the place. Yep. But then they go straight to the closest track man they can find, and then they space out the clubs so that you know there is, let's say, for argument's sake, there's 10 metres between each club, mm-hmm. or 12 metres, or 13 metres, or whatever it, it works out to be. So they don't miss a trick. And it's not how far they you know, land and run. It's just a pure carry yardage, because that's all you need to know as a pro. Yep. You know, a, lot of, a lot of players, when I was a kid... 
uh, and I couldn't stop the ball on the greens, then my yardage for my 7-iron was 165 yards. Uh-huh. But it only probably landed 150 and then rolled the rest. Yeah. Where pros don't think that way. They just think, where does the ball land? That's the only thing they worry about. So the track man... So if if they get their new set of clubs, they go on loft and lime, they make the little adjustments to make them perfectly spaced. Well, if you just took a couple of clubs out, you know, so instead of 13 clubs in the putter, if you just made it 11 clubs in the putter, then the spacing, for argument's sake, would go from 11 metres between each club to 13 metres mm-hmm. between each club. And I think that would be a great result and a fantastic leveller because they underst- they're not going to touch the ball, mate. They are just not going to. If they ever were, I mean, if they didn't listen to Arnold Palmer and Gary no. Player and Jack Nicholas, <laughs> and now they're not listening to Greg Norman and Seve Ballesteros, who's passed away, but he was a big one on the ball as well, Nick Feldo. Yeah. If they're not listening to these guys, they're never going they're, to listen. They're not going to listen to anyone. It's not going to listen. They're just it's not. not going to happen. So let's peel away some clubs and let's bring back the golf course relevancy because, you know, the, the, the beautiful courses that we have here in, yeah. in Australia, Kingston Heath and Victoria and Royal Melbourne and Royal Sydney where we're going to play the Australian yes. Open, the new Royal Queensland, all those beautiful courses up there in Queensland, uh, Royal Adelaide, uh, go over to uh, the Perth and you've got Cottesloe and just all, just so many beautiful places to play golf. If they played a tournament there, they're almost, you know, irrelevant. It is full-on driver, lob wedge, yep. two-iron lob wedge. Um, seven irons to the par threes, golf. Yep. Um, is it a good thing? Oh, I don't yeah. know. don't know. I think that's what fascinates people so much about the US Open in recent years, Marco, mm. is because it's so much more difficult. And, yep. so, and watching these blokes have to think through their golf so much more yep. than what you're seeing, yep. say, this time of the year when yep. they're playing in China, which is great because we can watch it, by the way, yep. in the afternoon. Yeah, How good is golf? Beautiful. Oh, unbelievable. This beautiful. time zone. Um, but you're seeing these blokes just belted down there, and as you said, yeah. lob wedge in. But... When you're playing these tougher courses and they're yep. set up so much that these blokes have mm. to think their way through yep. a round of golf so much more, it's so much better to yeah. watch. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and, and particularly for your average tour pro, mm. they really do need to hit yeah. a three wood from time to time and, yep. and a two iron from time to time on the US Open course. But for someone like Dustin Johnson and 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 uh, Jason Day, they don't. No. They just bomb. <laughs> you know, if, if you're a bomber, the golf course like where we saw the US Open this year, was it Oakmont? Yeah, I think it was. Um, they just bomb. Bomb. Land it. You know, their carry yardage for the driver is over 300 yards. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 300 metres. 330 yards. So they just don't care. Yeah. For, for the guy who has, the average tour pro is, I think the average last time I heard or read, was 113 miles an hour was the average... <laughs> Swing speed for a tour pro. Maybe it was 114 miles an hour. So if you're if you're doing that, then you know you're pretty much carrying it 280 yards. Mm. But still, that's a long way back. Yeah. It's still you know 20 meters, 25, 30 meters, like those really the real long hitters. Yep. You know Henrik Stenson, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day. When you think about those three names, they're almost the superstars of golf at the moment. When you, when you do hit the ball that far. Jesus, an advantage. Mm. It, it is, and it, it's always. Look, don't think it's wrong. It's always been that way. You know, Jack Nicholas when he came as a 21-year-old uh, on the scene as a pro, and I think he won his first U.S. Open. Was the first tournament he ever won. He was bombing it past, you know, Arnold Palmer. He yeah. was the longest by 20 meters. <laughs> you know, so it's it's always it's always been that way. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think I think now it's got to a stage where, if you want to keep those golf courses that were relevant to Jack Nicholas. Uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, then we probably have to peel back some clubs. Yep. 
We prob we probably do. How far do you think the technology is going to go? Like well, in, in golf, has that got to the point five, now where we're we're so far down the track already? You can't yeah. go any further. Five back? years ago, we would have said we've you know yeah. we've plateaued. Yeah, five years ago, but we haven't plateaued. Yeah, yeah. This new uh, the, the Taylor made M two driver. Yeah, I mean you, you, now Rory McIlroy has been spotted with it last week, mm-hmm. so he's got. I mean, there there are there is advantage. You know, there there are lighter and better materials, which. You know, if you make a lighter material, you can put the weight in the right place. The CCs have to stay the same, so the the head size has to stay the same. But you can put weight in different areas that changes the spin rate of the golf ball. That's the other thing they could do if they want. They could make the golf ball spin more. Mm. So once upon a time when the, the old Ballada ball was around, um, you know, it used to spin a bit. And that's why everyone had a two and a three and sometimes even a one iron in the golf ball. <laughs> because... If you, spin, if you hit the ball with a lot of spin, the, the ball hovers, yep. it flies, it looks beautiful. It's a beautiful way to play. But with the with the ball the way it's developed these days, it is designed not to spin with long irons, three woods and drivers. Sorry, boys, you're just not going to spin it. So that's why the more loft is there is for a higher launch angle. But if they design a golf ball or they bring in a golf ball that must spin, you know, there's a spin rate function where your golf ball, if it's hit by a five iron, has to spin at this rate of knots. Uh, if they do that, that's a game changer. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, that you know the pros will have to go back to less loft and less yeah. loft. The less loft you use on the on a driver, the more side spin mm-hmm. it creates. So, you know, you, you've got all these things that you could do. Yep. Will they do anything? No. Yeah. So but they won't do anything to the ball, but maybe just take two clubs out. Be great for everyone. You wouldn't even notice the difference. I've got, t- if I've I got took a two cl- clubs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm playing. Well, I played in the Box Hill Pro-Am this week. Did you? I don't know what I shot yet. Probably selling low. Yeah. Uh, I was only using 12 clubs. Yeah. So it's just... It's, it, Which know, clubs it's have you taken out? I took a five wood out and yep. I took my four iron out. So yep. I've just got a driver, mm-hmm. a four wood, 16 and a half degree yep. M2 four wood, a three iron mm-hmm. that's kind of got the old two iron loft with the big thick face and yep. lightweight shaft. And my five iron seems to go miles, so I've just got the five iron in there and then down. So ends up being uh, 11 clubs and a putter. Yep. Very light on the shoulder too. Like Beautiful. It. It's the way to go. It's great to carry. It's the way to go. It's the way to play golf. Yeah, so I've gone driver, five wood, then four iron. Driver, five wood, four. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Absol- 18 degree, five Absolutely wood. perfect. 18 degree, five wood. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So that used to be the old four wood loft. Yeah. Three wood used to have 15. Um, yeah, that's right. It used to be an old forward loft, yeah. but that you know everything's changed a little bit with the, with the metal clubs. But that is a perfect setup for most golfers. You have a, a driver with ten and a half degrees minimum. Mm-hmm. Sometimes twelve degrees is the that's way right. to go. Twelve degree driver. You can even hit the twelve degree driver off the deck if you need to. If yeah. you got a good lie, <laughs> so it kind of doubles as a three wood. So you got the twelve and a half degree driver, a five wood. What you've done, four iron down. Yep. It's a dream bag mm. for most people. Four How many wedges eight. you got? Uh, three. Pitching wedge. Sand wedge. Sand wedge. Lob, lob wedge. Yeah. Yep. We're going to have to come up with a new... Sand wedge should be yeah. the lob. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with that. It's very confusing. They put the gap wedge in there. Maybe yep. we just call it the... So you've got pitching wedge, gap wedge, lob wedge. Yep. Maybe that's it. Get rid of the sand. Yeah. No more sandwich. <laughs> no S on there. No more sandwich. Just because it says sandwich, you don't have to use it in the bunker. That's right. That's <laughs> very important to know and tricks so many people who start to, uh, who are just new to the game. Yep. Hey, um, special show coming up because I've been away for about a month, mm. as you know. Yeah, and yeah. Big thanks to Darren Parkin too. I must say for filling in. He did a great job. He did a great job, Dash. Loves nice fella. Golf. He's a very nice fella too. Yes, certainly is. Now, 
been listening back to some old podcasts, Mark. Yeah. Because I haven't been able to play, but I've been trying to keep my mind in goal. Yeah. Listening back to some of your masterclasses well, over this the is good. year. So mm. I'm going to play a little bit later on in the show my favourite five masterclasses your favorite of five. yours from this year. Right, that's good because so a lot of far. people will be just starting to ramp that's up right. their golf for the that's summer. Right. So I thought get some extra tips for the people out there. I've picked out yeah. five that I'll listen to back on the podcast. Right. I'm going to play them later on. Beautiful. Are we going to talk about Brett Coletta and Minji Lee? Yes. We're going next. to do that next? Let's Take a that. break. This is the Clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here. Plenty more to come right around Australia. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back to the Clubhouse. Mark Allen and Julian Bayard with you as we talk golf right around Australia. Summer is just about here. Hang around for the Masterclass Expose. Top five Masterclasses coming up. Ooh. If you want to learn some things in golf, stick around for that. I've yeah. played, played this week for the first time What's the in a month. Uh, we're at six. Down to six? We're at six. Right, that's um, good. Right on six. 6.0. Uh, 5.6. Ooh, normally people go the other way. I'm yeah. impressed with you, Julie. Round Jules. Up. Normally, they, <laughs> you know, if they're at five point something, they'll never say six. Yeah. They'll always say I'm 5.6. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. You've done well. And you know what? I walked out, Marco. First time I played for mm-hmm. a month. Walked out. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Called Greens. Yeah. Disaster. Bad luck. <laughs> There should be, there, sh- there actually should be a rule when the greens are cored. Yeah. There should be a no three putt rule. That's right. You just hit it close. There you actually get within, should be. You get within two feet. You pick that's it. Up. If your ball, if you're <laughs> if you if you're on the green, you're able to clean your ball. Once you've cleaned your ball, you've got one putt. Yeah. The next one's given. That's it. Should be a local rule. Yeah. It should be. But yeah, the amazing the amazing thing is with the cored greens, it's funny. Yeah. At Kingston Heath, the greens get pretty quick for for members. They probably get up to eleven mm-hmm. uh, during the winter. Um, when they core the greens. All the players who are on the high handicappers, that's when they have their 42 points. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they don't three-putt as yep. much. <laughs> because the greens are slower, mm-hmm. they hit it close and they tap it in. Yep. So Forcing yourself to hit it so hard is, is it's just extraordinary. It took me six holes yeah. to get it. But it is amazing. And, and also, the greens are a little bit softer when they're caught. Yes. So the higher handicappers, because the greens are softer, they, they, they don't have to worry about landing it short. They can actually land it on the green. Yep. The ball will stay on the green. And then most of the time, they can hit the first one close because the greens are slow and they chop the next one in. Yep. <laughs> they have their 42 <laughs> points. The greens come back to being say, absolutely perfect I and think, they can't get 30 points. I think when I went inside and looked at the leaderboard, there was a 46, two 44s and a 43 on go. the leaderboard. I told you. I told you. It's amazing what happens <laughs> yeah. when the greens are cored. Yeah. The 20 markers, they, mm. that's their time to shine. That's it. Yeah, good yeah. luck to them. <laughs> but how about Brett Coletta? How about this kid? Yes. Can we talk about him? Now, if you don't know who Brett Coletta is, he's a young amateur player, represented Australia at the Asian Amateur Championship um, and came second to Curtis Luck. Curtis Luck had already won the US Amateur and had his invite to Augusta as an amateur, so he put off turning pro. Yep. Brett Coletta came second to a guy where... The tournament where he's come second to had another exemption to the Masters. So Curtis Luck from Perth has two exemptions to the Masters. Billy Payne, the chairman of the Masters, he's let everybody down here in this country because they should have just passed on the exemption to the Masters to the next person who doesn't have the exemption to the Masters. Come on, mate. Brett Coletta. Doesn't happen. Brett comes back, has a week off, goes up as an amateur to Queensland, open at Brisbane Golf Club. Pretty good track, I hear. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember I played it in a state series a million years ago, 1986, yep. 30 years ago. There you go. Uh, and I remember it being half decent. So apparently yep. the greens are unreal. But this kid wins it as an amateur. Unreal. Beat Lucas Herbert, who came second. Now, 25 years ago, 
Jules, there's another bloke called Stuart Appleby mm-hmm. who won the Queensland Open at Brisbane Golf Club. If Brett Coletta can have half the career yeah, that Stewie Appleby <laughs> had, I think Stewie's won nine times, shot a 59 on tour. I think he's in the top 20 all-time money. Well, yeah, that exemption. Reasonable he career. Mm-hmm. If he could have half that career, then he's a you know a superstar. He's a, you know yeah. uh, someone we'll talk about for a long time. Mm-hmm. But the actual mental ability, and this is what impressed me the most: amateurs win professional tournaments a bit in this country, but when you have a disappointment and then come out the very next tournament and win something as important as that, then that is enormous. Now, with the win comes a two-year exemption, whether he's an amateur or turns professional, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see him at the Australian Open. And now he's probably the number two amateur that we've got in the country behind Curtis Luck. Curtis Luck can pretty much put up his hand and say, I'll play with Adam Scott or Jordan Spieth. Um, and then Brett Collette will get the other one. So at Someone's going to play with Jordan. Someone's going to play with Adam Scott <laughs> at, at the Australian Open. They're yep. both going to play. But I'm just very, very happy for the kid. And I cannot wait to see him play with, you know, both. I want to see Curtis Luck up against Adam Scott, yep. who, you know, has been hitting the ball. Who's had a pro swing since he was 16, yeah. Adam Scott. Curtis Luck has had a pro game probably since he was 16. Maybe not the pro swing, but certainly a pro game. Brett Coletta's the other way. Brett Coletta's got the pro swing. And, uh, you know, if you start winning Queensland Opens, clearly... You have the pro game as well, so that's massive. Yeah, yeah. Good so luck good luck to him. She's got some good talent coming through. Yeah, Brett Coletta. Uh, yeah. yeah, watch out for Lucas Herbert. He came second there yeah. as well. He, he's a very good player. He Curtis is. Luck, obviously num- number one or number two amateur in the world at the moment. Probably number two. Probably hard to get to number one down here in Australia. Um, but also Minji Lee, mm-hmm. who's won her third time. Hey, before we get to Minji Lee, she's going to be our Honda Power Player of the Week. Oh, let's go. The Power Player of the Week. For Honda Power Equipment, Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range from $329. Yeah, that's right. Only your specialist Honda dealer, Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range on sale from $329. Your local specialist Honda dealer. Minji Lee, tell us. Uh, third win. What You said something in the ad break about mm. her swing. Yeah, I, I think it's the best swing in the world. <sighs> yeah, that's, well, a, that's a call. Well, I love it. <laughs> And you don't want to you want to you don't want to say that because it actually can put pressure on people who haven't won tournaments. She's won three tournaments now, yeah. and you know I've I've always said that she's had got a better swing than Lydia, Lydia Ko, mm-hmm. who's been you know dominating the golf for a while since she was sixteen years old. She started winning professional events. I think she won the Canadian Open when she was sixteen. Um, I won the New South Wales Open. I think when she was even younger. Uh, Lydia Ko. So Lydia Ko always had the professional brain mm-hmm. and probably the best brain you could ever imagine in, in women's golf. But Minji Lee has pedigree in the amateur world, but has the swing that is stunning. Yeah. It's funny, you know, in the women's game, there's another lady called Mickey Wright um, who played back in the 30s and 40s, maybe in the 20s, 30s and 40s. Uh, she was always credited with having the greatest ever swing. Clearly the best women's golf swing ever. But I look at uh, Minji Lee, the way that she swings the golf club, and I can't fault it. There's nothing wrong with it. She's strong. Um, she's limber. She's got a big shoulder turn. You know, one of the big factors, something that pros always look for is when they, when you make a backswing, is that your shoulders and your arms and hands, they all stop at the same point. For a lot of people, even a lot of pros, they, they make a backswing, their shoulders stop, their arms continue just a little bit, and then maybe there might be a little bit of a hand dangle mm. as well. So it's like shoulders stop, arms go, hands dangle, then hit the ball. You can still be a great pro doing that. But the best players that I've ever seen, Shoulders, arms, and hands have the same stopping point in the backswing. 
It's beautiful mm-hmm. when you see it done properly. I like it. And it's hard in the women's game. They're, they're just not as strong as blokes. Yep. I'm sorry, girls, but it's just a fact. They're not as strong. She has managed to do this. I mean, her shoulders, arms, and hands stop at the one point the right way. You know, it shouldn't just be a stop-start. There's always a little bit of mm-hmm. flow at the top of the swing. But there's no, there's no arm and hand dangle. Not enough to worry about. Very yeah. nice. She's our Honda Power Player of the Week. Honda's four-stroke lawn garden mm. range from $329. Beautiful. Hey, that was, what, what, weather's warming up, mate. Ooh. People starting to practice their game. Let's, Your let's top help. five master classes aren't too far away. Let's We're help them out. To a quick break. Plenty more clubhouse right after this. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. This is The Clubhouse right around Australia. Julian Bayard and Mark Allen with you as we talk all things golf. It's time to go inside The Clubhouse because I've been away for about a month and I've been trying to improve my golf game while I've been gone. And, well, it's because I want to go and play Club Mandalay. Clubmandalay.com.au. Hit the golf course. Play golf at Club Mandalay. And I want to get my game better. So, Marco... I've gone back and I've been listening to all your masterclasses because they're some of the best that you get on radio. Well, tell you what, you don't want to overload going into a summer. No. So what's very important here, folks, don't do everything. Just what sounds right to you, just mm-hmm. pick and choose, pick and choose. It's like it's the same when you go, shall I play all these yep. and I'll talk you through something how to use tips after them. All right, Marco, here is number five, the importance of making sure your clubs are fitted properly. Right, this is on the back of Rory McIlroy changing putter and finding form straight away. Mm. I mean, part of it, obviously, is the new putting coach, but the new putter is big. Folks out there, the two clubs that you probably use the most are your driver Mm -hmm. and your putter. If you've bought these two tools off the shelf, you've probably made a mistake. They probably don't suit you. So let's just fix one of them up and the other one you can do in Christmas. But I'm going to suggest the putter. Yep. If you've got a putter in your bag that you've had in there for ages uh, and you like it, go to your pro and say, is it right for me? And your pro will be able to measure up and maybe make the adjustments. And They might actually take some uh, of the length off. They might even have to put a little bit of lead tape on the bottom. They might even adjust the lie angle. They might adjust the loft of your putter. But there are places all over the joint now to get that putter that you probably bought off the shelf or you borrowed from a mate, the one you probably love, but personalize it. Now, the bloke in your pro shop has the ability. And if he doesn't have the ability, he'll be able to send you somewhere who has the ability. But I promise you, just like Rory has done, he's got a putter that suits his stroke. Your PGA professional will be able to look at your stroke, look at your size, look at the way you do things, and adjust the putter perfectly. So get that one done. And then for Christmas... Tell the wife to buy a new driver that's perfect for you. (laughs) And if you're over six feet tall, maybe 45 inches. Maybe. But if you're six foot or under, there is no way your driver should be 45 or 46 inches long. No way. So there's two things. Get the putter done now. Mm -hmm. Go get it personalized so it is perfect. It it may well be perfect for you. But go to somebody who knows. Get that done because you use it on every single hole. It's ridiculous to use that club and it's not perfect on every single hole. And then Christmas... Get that driver you've always wanted and get it done properly. And tell the bloke who's doing it that I'm not, if I'm under six foot, mate, and there's no way this driver's going to be over 44 inches. 44. Tell the him magic Mark number. Allen, Mark Allen told tell me that on I radio. Tell him I sent you down there. <laughs> I'm sick of people using the driver on every base, basically every hole yep. and their putter on every hole. And you look at them and you go, what the hell are you doing, mate? Mm. It's not even close to being right for you. Yep. So get it done. Fix it up. 
Marco, it's I always been great. guarantee you'll shave with those two clubs perfect. If they're not perfect now, if you get those two clubs perfect, you'll shave five shots a day That's nice. that you play. Number four in my favourite masterclasses. Ooh, struggled out of them this week. Out of the bunker. How to get your bunker play right. Here's Mark Allen. Bunkers today. Now, bunkers uh, can be hard for a lot of people and particularly hard if you're not practising your bunkers. Now, I know most people don't have any time to practise their bunkers. So this is for everybody who has no time to practise their traps. Yep. Walk into your pro shop today mm-hmm. and hand a 60-degree sand iron to the man behind the jump and say, can you bend this sand iron to 63 degrees for me? Get him to add three degrees onto it. Because we're always told to open the club face up. Opening the club face up when you hit a bunker shot adds loft, which makes the ball pop up nice and high and land soft. The dream of most weekend warriors. But to open up the club face, one, you're increasing the bounce of the club when you do that but two you're decreasing uh, the amount of face that you have to hit that shot with so if your sand iron in a regular spot has five or six centimeters across of uh, kind of face to hit the ball with when you open it up that that now goes to two so that's very scary for most people to open it up so what I'm suggesting is have one club in your bag just for bunkers make it a 63 or a 64 degree lob wedge um, and when you increase the loft you'll increase the bounce just like you do when pros open it up they're increasing the bounce so without actually opening the club face you'll do two things you'll increase the loft then you'll increase the bounce which is very important when you're hitting good bunker shots that's why pros have been doing it for a million years but only pros generally speaking can find that one or two uh, centimeter face now that you've opened the club face up yep. so most pros will have a, um, a loft and line machine even the guys who don't they'll be able to do it by feel Walk it in, say, listen, buddy, I've been buying a pie and a higher buggy off you for 100 years. Can you please bend my lob wedge to 63 degrees, 63 or 64 degrees? That way, when you get into the bunker now, you won't have to open it up. You can just stand there and make uh, a big thud behind the ball because you got you don't hit the ball when you hit bunker shots. You've mm-hmm. got to go underneath the ball, through all the sand. Don't look at a spot two inches behind the ball. It's a silly thing to do. Always check the sand with your feet just you know you tell people that you're just actually getting getting your, getting your grip <laughs> you're getting your grip in the bunkers but yep. in actual fact you're working out whether it's a hard bunker or a soft bunker mm-hmm. pros have been doing that for years as well they've got to change that rule at some stage because everyone's been abusing it um and that way you won't have to open the club face up just swing away the ball will pop straight up land soft you'll probably knock the putt in make par and win money off your mates bang what a day Easy. Too easy. How's that for a tip? That's almost a cheating tip. Yep. So it's got nothing to do with technique, everything to do with equipment. I like it. Too easy. And it can be done. So You can bend your clubs. It's really easy. Would you then have that as an extra club in your bag? Well, most people, look, most weekend warriors, if you can't hit a bunker shot, I'm tipping that you can't probably chip with your lob wedge either. So, And you probably can't hit the lob wedge. So it's probably just a club that sits there and still shiny. Yeah, um, it's fresh. Yeah, it's very <laughs> fresh. So so it's a good question. Just, uh, just bend it to 63. You won't have to open the club face up and it'll pop straight up for you. You'll have to make a bigger swing though. You've got to make a bigger swing because uh, you're not hitting the ball now with less lot with even less loft. Even more loft, excuse me. I'll get it right in the tick. You're going to make a bigger swing. You've got to make a bigger swing, but a tiny bit of practice, you'll get used to it. It's the worst thing in golf, a three-part. None of us want to do it. Mark Allen gives us some tips right here on how to avoid the three-part. Right, uh, so... 
so many golfers have 40 putts around. They don't even know it, yep. but they have 40 putts around. So your 95 comes down to 85 if you have 30 putts around. And one of the ways of doing it is either chipping close or not three-putting as much. Everyone's going to three-putt, but you don't want to do it as much. So if, we're doing, if we just want to stop three-putting, when you have 10 minutes to work on your putting before you hit off, these are the two things you must do to improve your golf score. One... To get the distance dialed in to new greens, and it, you know, it's not like tournament golf where the greens are pretty much the same every week. You can go to a different, you can go to the same course every Sunday, and it could be different pace greens. Mm. So to get the pace of the greens, early days is set up to a long putt, and then before, instead of looking at the ball when you putt, I want you to look at the hole and keep looking at the hole and make the stroke. Because to be a good putter. You need to have a good memory. Yes. Because you're always looking at the hole. You're always looking at the ball. Excuse me when you putt. But you've got to remember where the hole is. And that's all, that sometimes can be hard to do. So if you want to try and hit the ball close all the time, just play with that before a round. Set up, aim up, even you know, understand which way the ball's going to break. And then before you make your stroke, look at the hole. It becomes so much easier to get the pace right when you're looking at the hole. Now, I don't want you to do it on the golf course because it doesn't work, <laughs> but you've got to have this little picture in your mind on the golf course. You've got to have this picture. It's like a little TV set in your head. When you're looking at the ball, you just want to look at the ball blankly, and then you've got to just kind of remember where that hole is. Yep. And then because you've practiced looking at the hole when you putt on the practice screen, it becomes a little bit easier when you've got the picture in your head and you're over the ball. So that's one thing you've got to do. The other thing you've got to do is practice your really short putts. Mm-hmm. Don't practice your six-footers and eight-footers. Don't do that. Practice your two, three, and four-foot putts. They're so, the keys. Yeah, that, they are the keys. So practice the long ones, try and get the pace right. And then after that, when you uh, just before you go, you don't want to see too many putts miss, actually. Mm. I don't think you do anyway. So... Hold some of those two and a half footers and three footers, just the really short ones. Yep. Make them go right in the center of the hole. You'll jump on that first tee full of confidence, confidence and away you go. You'll have a good understanding of how fast those greens are. And if you're at a golf course uh, worth its salt, the practice putting green will <laughs> be the so. same pace oh, as so. actually out in the golf course. <laughs> That's what a practice putting green is all about. So hopefully that is the case at your golf course. <laughs> Number two, a weird tip, probably one of the weirdest ones we've had from Marco throughout the year. It's a tip from, well, a golfing legend, Arnold Palmer. How to get rid of that little bit of the snap hook. Righto, if you've got the problems with the little pull hooks or the ones that are going left, I'm going to give you a lesson today in honour of the great Arnold Palmer. Right. A lot of stuff's been going around this week. Arnold Palmer, when he was driving his car or flying his plane, because mm. he was a right-hander and he didn't want the ball to go left, he used to grip the steering wheel with his little finger, his ring finger and his middle finger, and give them a bit of a workout on the steering wheel <laughs> because he, and there's another guy called Ben Hogan. You heard of Ben? Oh, maybe. These guys, the last three fingers on their left hand, that, that's they used to grip the club tightly with the last three fingers and the rest was quite relaxed. Yeah. And both these players used it right through their career. They went on to play quite well and have sparkling careers. Only one other human being I know has told me that he's used this. And that's, his name is Scott Wern. Scott Wern is a friend of mine from the old days and he won a Canadian tour event and he was basically blind every day, every night. And the last night, his caddy said, no, let's not go out. You're leading by eight shots. He goes, what are you talking about? We've got to go out. That's how we got here. And he went out again. Scotty Wern was the same well, guy. On. What happened in the last round? 
Last round he shot sixty six. Of course he did. Then went out and got did it again. <laughs> so the last three fingers on his on the on his left hand, so he's a right hander, last three fingers, he held the cl- club tighter with those three fingers than everything else. So in honor of Arnold Palmer. Mm. That tip doesn't make any sense to me, <laughs> but it made sense to Ben Hogan. It made sense to Arnold Palmer, and made sense to Scotty Wern. So, nothing else is working. Just, Just give, give it a try. try. See Just, what happens. You can't do it. It might right. be the one. <laughs> it might be the way to shoot that good score. Yeah. So again, if you're a right-handed player, your left hand. Little finger, the ring finger, and your middle finger. Yeah. Just hold the club a little tighter with and those. If you're in the car, just maybe just adjust your grip and a little swing bit. away. <laughs> and then if you if it works, then do your exercises like Arnold Palmer did and grip your steering wheel with those three. That's it. Give it a bit of a squeeze and make them stronger. <laughs> and the final masterclass we're going to take a look back at today. My favourite ones of the year so far. We might do this again next week. Pick out a couple of other ones from Marco from throughout the year. This is the importance of your grip when you're using the flat stick. Well, you got me going today about uh, the super stroke fatter putting grip. So why don't we just talk about actually how you hold a putter. Right. Now, a lot of people hold the putter exactly the same way that they hold uh, a five iron when they're trying to hit a five iron or a seven iron or or anything else, how they hold a driver. It's wrong. You don't do it that way. The actual putter, you hold it very much in your palms. So if you are holding the club in your fingers like you should, uh, when you're actually hitting a golf ball, that's that's nice because you can move your wrists. But when you're putting, especially on greens that get past you know probably 10 on the stint meter, you don't want to use too much wrist. So the modern way of putting, now that we've got mowers and green surfaces that are conducive to you know, faster, yep. faster and smoother rolls, you need to start holding the putter much more in your palm. So the pad uh, on on your on your hand. Um, when you're hitting a five iron, the shaft sits below the pad on your palm. When you putt, yep. that shaft comes up above the pad on your palm. Which bit is the pad, Marco? All right. Well, there's a little kind of a hollow. So the pad is this fat. You know, you got. If you look at your hand, look at your hand. If you're in the car at the moment, pull over first. <laughs> well, keep right. one hand on the wheel. Keep one hand on the wheel. <laughs> if, you look at, if you look at your left hand, you can see your thumb. Yep. On the other side uh, is your pad. That is what I call your pads. Right? So straight th- below you your got, pinky. You've got a thumb pad and you've got the yeah, yeah your palm pad. Yep. So a five iron shaft will sit underneath that pad. A uh, five iron grip will sit underneath. I'll say it again. A five iron shaft will sit underneath that pad. A putter shaft sits on top of it. Yep. So in actual fact, the shaft sits very, very upright when you putt. And holding the putter like that, you'll take the hands out and you will hole more putts. It's very simple. It's probably why you've been putting like an idiot. That's all right. It probably is. Something's cool. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want it, your hand, your ha- your fingers, and your forearm should pretty much be on the line. Yep. There shouldn't be any twisting there. Mm-hmm. We'll have to tweet that out. It's very hard to explain on TV. Yep. On, on radio, excuse me. Even harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to do it on TV in this forum, Marco. <laughs> You've got me all over the place, Jules. Anyway, the bottom line is get the shaft more upright when you putt. Hold the putter accordingly. Yep. And it'll probably be in the right place. There they are, Marco. Our favourite five masterclasses right. of the year so far. There's a lot of information Absorb there. Absorb it. There's a lot of information. Hang on. But pick and choose yep. what suits you. Yes. Because there'll be other there'll be parts of that that don't make sense to your game. Mm-hmm. There'll be parts you'll be going, ah, that's, that's right. not a bad way to do things. Yes. But after the break, I want to teach people how to integrate. How to get So the, another masterclass. Well, it's I, a masterclass about 
using masterclasses. masterclasses. That's right. It's Masterclass Inception. That's what we're doing here on the Clubhouse. And you can book your next round of golf at Club Mandalay. Book online at clubmandalay.com.au. Save 10% when using this code. Write it down, CM Golf. CM Golf. Save 10% when booking online at clubmandalay.com.au. Well, Marco's going to explain how you can put his masterclasses to work. That's next on the Clubhouse. Marco's Masterclass. Now, people out there might be thinking, we just heard some of the Masterclasses. <laughs> There's so much good stuff there from Mark Allen about improving my golf game. How on earth am I going mm. to be able to improve my golf game by listening to that stuff? How do I put it into my game? Marco, you tell him right now. Right. Well, there's a very big difference from getting a lesson and getting tips. Tips can be really short and sharp and very helpful, mm-hmm. and you push them straight into your game. If you go and have a lesson and you have to change your technique, then, yeah, you need to do some practice. You do. You need to do it. But when you get a tip on the radio, when you get a tip from somebody who plays better than you, that you play with, you've actually got to jump in head first and not do it at all. And if it doesn't sound right, just give it one go. Give mm-hmm. it two goes. Give it three goes before you toss it in the garbage. The other thing that's very important here is that even this is Tiger Woods's phrase. Uh, uh Real and feel and real can be two totally different things. So what it feels like to you, it can look, what it really looks like, can be totally different. So when you do these tips, make sure you get your buddy to film it on the phone. Yes. This is this is important because when you hear a tip and you put it in action, you go, that can't possibly work. When you see it on video and you go, wow. That looks so totally different to what it feels like to me. Then that's that that's the one that gets into your head, because it is it is just fantasy unless you see it actually working and doing two things. One, the ball goes better. Two, it looks right. One of those things has to be happening, you know. If it, so, if, if you do a tip and it feels good, away you go. Yep. If you do a tip and it doesn't feel so good, but you see it on the camera and you go, no, 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 that's better than what I've been doing. <laughs> then at least you know you're on the right track. And the feeling of being on the right track is such a nice feeling to have yeah. when you're standing over a golf ball ready to hit a golf shot. Absolutely. When you're in la-la land and you don't know what's happening, that's when everything can turn upside down and you hate the game of golf. So you've, you've, your, your phone and the video camera feature on your phone is now a tool. You know, when you go to professional tournaments these days, no one's taking... No one's walking on that tee with a video camera. <laughs> They're all just got their caddy phone. Yeah. And use the slow-mo. You know, yeah, slide across. Slide across to the slow-mo. Is the greatest thing for golf. Slide ever. across the slow-mo and film your swing in slow-mo. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can drag it across. You don't have to watch the thing. You tap the screen. You can drag it across and, and see. But the slow-mo feature, it's like the super slow-mo camera. Yeah. That, you know, the golf coverage shows you. It is magnificent. Yeah. So... No matter what tip you're doing, no matter what lesson you're doing, if you're doing it yourself, you know, if you're a lone wolf out there and you're looking at the internet and you're getting tips, somehow get somebody or, you know, use your phone mm-hmm. to have a look at what you're doing. Because if it looks right to you, if it looks right, then away you go. You'll believe and belief and confidence, all these things we talk about in the sport ad nauseum, they can really help your golf game. And the other thing is if you do the tip and it looks rotten, then throw, throw it away. <laughs> throw it away. If you do a tip and it doesn't work and it looks rotten, it's not going to work yeah. anytime soon. But if you get a tip and it feels good and then you film it and it looks good, 
you're on the way to shooting some low scores. Get the camera out. Slide it across to slow-mo. Slow-mo. And film it. Slow-mo's the key. watch it back when you get home on the couch. It's the key. Especially if you play well. Yeah. Nothing better than watching a slow-mo a drive you smoked You've actually smoked. <laughs> Absolutely. You see the golf ball? There's yeah. like, man, cool. somehow we're going to have invent an app that has a oh, shot is, tracer. There is one that's out. Have we got a shot I've tracer? Seen it. I've seen it. It's not that good yet. Not that good it yet. needs a bit well, work. Okay. But imagine <laughs> if you did, you did the slow-mo... Shot tracer. Yeah. That'd be handy. That would be good. That would hey, you've been a trooper today, Marco. No worries, buddy. Coming in on your death. Good as gold. <laughs> we'll good as gold. See you next week, mate. Uh, I'll see you next week. Yes, absolutely. This has been the Clubhouse right around Australia.